Welcome to Marketing for Your Boring Business, presented by All-in-One Social Media, where marketing professionals and industry leaders discuss what you can do to help your message get seen in a cluttered newsfeed. Join us each week to learn more about social media, online marketing, trending topics, and tips to grow your online marketing efforts. Now here's your host, Desiree Martinez. Welcome to another episode of Marketing for Your Boring Business, helping your message get seen in a cluttered newsfeed. I am talking with Josh Steinle today, and we are going to talk about, about this fantastic article that he wrote with the title, which is, Your Business Can Be Boring, But Your Marketing Cannot. And man, if there ever was a statement that was so perfect for this podcast, it would be that statement. Josh is an author, speaker, and entrepreneur. He's written over 300 articles for publications like Forbes, Times, Fortune, Inc., Mashable, TechCrunch, Entrepreneur, you know, all those little tiny places that we find on the internet for all our information. Josh is also a TEDx speaker and presents to businesses and marketing events worldwide. He is also the founder of Influencer Inc., a publishing, training, and events company that turns executives into thought leaders. Josh is just Josh has just so many accolades, I could probably spend our entire time talking about how great he is. But what I find really interesting about Josh is that not only is he fluent in English, but he's also fluent in Portuguese and is studying Mandarin. And for the first time, I'm talking to somebody who is also in Asia, because I'm in Korea right now, and he's in China. So welcome to the show, Josh. Thanks for having me on, Desiree. Yeah, it's great. We don't have to both wake up at 4 a.m. Yeah, I know. What a lot of you don't know is I actually have to usually get up like 5, 5 a.m., 4.30 to do podcasts so that I can talk with people in the States. And Josh does the exact same thing. So we, we have that in common, which is kind of nice. You know, I'm not alone there. Yeah, nobody respects us here in Asia. It's like everybody expects us to get up early. How come they're not willing to stay up late and do their podcast interview at midnight? Right? The nine to five. It's so boring, guys. You should, you should get up early. Do this. Let, call me. We'll get on the phone. I can get up and do my normal day and you can get up early, right? Yep, yep. So Josh, why don't you tell us about like where this, this fantastic line article came from about how your business can be boring, but your marketing cannot. Well, this is inspired by clients of my agency. I run a marketing agency called MWI, and we've done a lot of work in the self-storage industry for the past 10 years. And self-storage is about the most boring business out there. I mean, it's a building that's shaped like a box with with rooms that are box-shaped, and then you put boxes in those rooms, and that's it. And then you leave them there for two years and you don't touch them. I mean, it's the most boring business that can possibly exist, except that it makes pretty good money for the owners, And actually, it's not that boring. Everybody thinks it's boring. Even the people in the self-storage industry think that self-storage is boring. They just like the money it makes. And yet, there's a highly rated cable TV show that's all about self-storage and what people find in those self-storage units. So I've had this floating in my mind for years. And when clients would come to me and they'd say, oh, we want to do marketing, but our business is so boring. Like, what can we do? I'm like, look, listen here. We do work with self-storage companies. They're boring, and we've succeeded at making them interesting. So if we can make self-storage interesting, we can make anything interesting. That's a lot of truth. And I, I, we've actually done a lot of social media marketing for storage businesses as well. So I understand exactly that pain point that they have because, you know, we talk about all the time on the show how, you know, the everyday businesses that people need and, and, and why and are looking for are not always super sexy and don't have those big brand budgets. 
So it's really important to figure out how to let your message shine and get seen in that cluttered newsfeed when you might not be the most interesting thing on the block. Yeah. And it's, it's all about storytelling, really. I mean, with self-storage, so Self-Storage Wars is this TV show about the self-storage industry, right? And the, for those who may have not seen the show, the basic premise is that if you rent a self-storage unit and you don't pay your bill, then the agreement you have with the self-storage company is that after a certain amount of time, you don't pay your bill, they get your stuff. Of course, they don't want your stuff, so then they auction it off to the highest bidder. But they don't just let people go into the unit. They just say, hey, we have a unit. It's full of stuff. Whoever bids the highest gets it. And then it's kind of a surprise, whatever you get out of that unit. So on the show, they follow these people around who are bidding on these units. And then they bid. And then sometimes they bid high. Sometimes they bid low. And sometimes they bid low. And then there's like $20,000 worth of stuff in this unit. And sometimes they bid high and then it's all worthless. We have a self-storage client who once they opened up a self-storage unit and it was full of 30,000 washed out plastic milk cartons and nothing else. So oh my God. sometimes you find really interesting, useless stuff in these self-storage units. And other times you find old vintage cars or boxes full of money. So it's hit and miss. And that's the premise of this TV show. Well, this TV show has gone crazy and it did really well and it was super highly rated, but it's because of that story and the mystery and there's this excitement around it. And that's how they took something that was boring and turned it into something interesting. Well, there are stories around dentists and orthodontists and law firms and accountants and everything. So everybody has stories that they can tell about their business, even if it's a boring business. And that's where the excitement starts. That's awesome. And so for telling stories, what do you think the best thing to do for telling a story? Like what platforms do you think work? Which way do you think works best for boring businesses to tell those stories? Well, the first question to ask is where's my audience? Well, who is my audience? And then where are they hanging out? So when we talk with our clients, we say, you know, if you're a dentist or an orthodontist, then, you know, Facebook is probably a decent market for you or a decent platform or a decent place to find your audience there because actually everybody needs dental work and orthodontist pretty much, right? So you can kind of go anywhere and talk about that type of business, but it probably wouldn't be so appropriate for a LinkedIn, right? At least not at first glance. You would say, eh, that's not the place where I'd post about dental stuff. So with Facebook, you can go on there and you can tell your story. And what I recommend for people who are just starting out with this is just tell the story of your business, how it got started, how you got into it. That's story number one, is your story. And then you can start branching off into other stories and talk about basically case studies or talk about challenges or uh, things that you've overcome, things that you've had to deal with in your business, interesting things that other people might not know anything about. But if you're posting on Facebook, you can do kind of a general kind of topic and just say, hey, here's my story. Here's what I do. Here's some interesting experiences I've had. On LinkedIn, you have to customize it a little bit more for that business audience. But you can still say, hey, my business is being a dentist. And here's my story about why I got into being a dentist and what I enjoy about it. And I tell people, don't make this an advertisement. This doesn't have to be polished. This is supposed to be authentic. This is supposed to be who you are as a person, why you got into this, and be vulnerable 
in that story and really tell some of the behind the scenes ugly stuff maybe or funny stuff that happens that might even be a little bit embarrassing, but that makes your story real and then people will pay attention to that type of stuff. So I told my story about starting my digital marketing agency a few months ago on LinkedIn and it's short because you're limited to 1300 characters on LinkedIn. So you have to tell it in not, you know, it's just a few paragraphs basically. But I told my story in a very short form on LinkedIn. And I think that post is up to like 70,000 views and hundred something comments. And I've gotten leads from that post that I wrote about just starting my business. My business isn't super exciting either. I mean, yeah, it's tech stuff and it's internet stuff, but it's like we help people make more money. We help them with their websites. We build their website. We do SEO. We help them make money. Like it's not super sexy or anything. It's not like we're doing something new. We've been doing this for almost 20 years. So it's, it's nothing new, but just telling my story about how we got started and some of the challenges we overcame really connected with other people, other entrepreneurs, and it got a lot of views and it generated those leads. So it was worth it. I mean, it took me all of like five minutes to type this thing up. And that's how we took our business, which I think is sort of boring too. And yet we made it interesting because we told this human story about the business that people really latched onto. So we're telling our stories and we, and we, I'm sure have lots of fun anecdotes about things that we've dealt with clients we've helped and things that we've done. So what happens, I guess, when the stories run out? So when the stories run out, it's not that you're out of stories because there are always more stories. And I've gotten to the point with this where I can create a story about anything, anytime, any day. I mean, you can point and say, here's a napkin, write a story about how this napkin relates to your business. And I could come up with something and I'd figure out a story about that napkin and relate it to my business somehow. I'm not going to do it right now because I'm, that would be too much on the spot. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, but you'll get to the point if you practice with this where your problem will not be that you run out of stories. It'll be that you wish you had more time to create more posts because you have so many stories that you want to share. But if you do end up with writer's block at the beginning, because it's usually at the beginning that people have writer's block, once they get into it, then the writer's block goes away. But at the beginning, when people have this writer's block and they're saying, oh, I just don't know where to start and I don't have any ideas, it's probably because you're trying too hard and you're trying to polish it up too much and you're overthinking it. And so when you're getting started, the trick is to, the way that I break through this with people is I say, okay, your first post, that's going to be your story just talking about how you got into what you're doing and why you do it. Your second few posts are going to be, what are the questions that everybody asks you that you're just constantly answering over and over and over again? Your next few posts are going to be answering those questions. And you might just start off the post that way. Say, here's a question that I get asked all the time as a dentist or as an orthodontist or as an accountant or as a self-storage operator. The, here's one of the questions that people are always asking me and here's the answer. And you just give the answer that you give people when they ask you that question. That's it. You're done. You can do this on Facebook Live. You can do it on video on LinkedIn. You can do it on Snapchat or Instagram stories, whatever you want. The channel doesn't matter so much, but just answer those questions that you get asked a lot. And if your business is a little bit larger and you have like a customer support staff or something, then this is a goldmine because you go to the customer support staff 
and you say, hey, what are the questions that you guys are answering over and over again? And they'll give you a big list of questions. They'll probably have 20 questions that they're like, yeah, these are 90% of the time we are answering one of these 20 questions or 10 questions or whatever it is. Get those questions and then answer those in social media posts, in videos, stick them up on YouTube, write blog posts about them, whatever you can do, but just answer those questions. So that's your next gold mine. And then start answering questions like, well, what's different about you from your competitors? Or how do you try to differentiate yourself from your competitors? And this is interesting to consumers too. So even if you're a dentist, if you say, hey, I'm a dentist, there are tons of dentists out there and you might think we're all the same. And this is something I struggle with as a dentist. So let me tell you about how I try to make myself different as a dentist. And again, this isn't all about, I'm so much better than all the other dentists out there. What you're really talking about is the challenge, the struggle that you're overcoming. That's your story to say, yeah, I struggle with this as a dentist trying to differentiate from all the other dentists out there. Here's some things that I've tried. And then what you always want to do at the end of these stories is have a call to action that gets people involved. So then at the end you say, here are the things that I've tried to overcome these challenges. What do you think I should do? What's your opinion? What would you recommend? And ask people for their input. And this does a few things. Number one, it just gets people involved and people love to be involved and help out. But two, if you're on LinkedIn or Facebook and people start commenting on that post, then that post shows up in their feeds, it gets more attention, it can grow and it can go viral. And LinkedIn especially is very hot this way right now. They just made some changes with LinkedIn over the past several months so that whenever you write a post, if somebody likes that post or comments on that post, it gets shared on their feed and their entire network sees that post. And so if you can get a few people commenting on a LinkedIn post right after you post it, it can very quickly go viral and it can spread like wildfire and you can get a lot of exposure out of that. Awesome. That LinkedIn tip is really good. Do you have any more tips for how boring businesses could be using LinkedIn to help them stand out, not be super boring? Yeah. So I post on LinkedIn daily. I do one post, at least one post pretty much every single day on LinkedIn. And there's another trick here because LinkedIn works this way where if you get a bunch of comments and posts or likes, it will go viral quickly. What's sprung up is uh, these pods or these groups, sharing groups. And so I've joined a few of these groups where it's just a group of people, like 20 people, and you get together and say, hey, whenever somebody in our group posts something on LinkedIn, then we're going to pay, post it into a LinkedIn message thread or a Facebook messenger thread and then everybody else will jump on that and comment and like that post. And so everybody's helping each other out to get that initial traction so that it gets spread out there uh, farther and wider. So this is something that you can do with just any group that you're a part of. You can say, hey, I'm getting this little group together for LinkedIn sharing. And if you're willing to help out and like and comment on LinkedIn posts, then we'll do the same for you. We'll get a, you know, 20, 30 people together and then we can like each other's posts and everybody wins. Everybody benefits from this. And those groups have been very useful as I've been part of those and I'm working on setting some up of my own. But that's a way that you can kind of game the system. It's a little trick. And LinkedIn might change their algorithm so that it doesn't work so well in the future. But right now, this is working really well. 
Awesome. And so just to be clear, just so we're not messing up the algorithms or giving like a false sense of how well something's doing, pods just help get that seen by more people, right? right. Like by having more people engage with something, it's going to show it to more people. Right. Because if I post on LinkedIn and then you go to my post on LinkedIn and you like that post and then you comment on it, then your audience, all of your followers on LinkedIn are going to see my post as well. So now all of your followers have seen my post. And then if one of them comments, then everybody in their feed sees my post as well. And it just spreads that way. And so you want to get that traction early on. And that's why these pods have sprung up, these little sharing groups, is that you can get that traction early on and then it takes off and gets a life of its own. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back after a quick commercial break. This podcast is brought to you by All-in-One Social Media. All the social media your business needs starting at $125 a month. All-in-One started with a mission to put military spouses to work anywhere they are stationed in the world while making fair wages with job flexibility no matter what military life demands of them. With packages starting at just $125 a month, All-in-One will help your business grow through social media with custom graphics, daily posts, targeted Facebook advertising and more. All-in-One's packages cover all your social media marketing needs with unlimited support and feedback as well as advice for posting and marketing that you can do yourself. Head to allinonesocialmedia.com today to find the package that's right for you. That's allinonesocialmedia.com. And now back to the show. Awesome. So back to more ways to make your marketing not boring. So obviously we've learned a lot from you about telling stories. And I think that where kind of marketing is in general when it comes to content is very story heavy. So what are some maybe other ways that, and other things that boring businesses can do to stand out so that their message is getting seen in that busy newsfeed? Yeah, so it's telling stories, it's answering questions that people commonly have, and also this is kind of going back to the medium or the channel, um, but we can talk about the content too, but video, anything video is really hot right now. And when I say video, I'm talking about Facebook Live, uh, LinkedIn just added video, video capability in their posts within the past few months. So this is a new thing. If you had gone to Facebook three, four months ago, you couldn't post video. Now you can post video. So you can take your phone, you can point it at yourself, and you can start recording short videos and you can post these on LinkedIn. And again, this isn't talking about the content being interesting, but people are interested in video. And so this is something where if your business is boring, if you can do a video post rather than a written post, it's going to get more attention because people are drawn to that video. And especially Facebook Live, especially the new LinkedIn videos are gaining a lot of attention and they get promoted in the feed by LinkedIn and Facebook because Facebook wants to promote that. So if you do a video, Facebook's going to show that to more people than if you do a written post with the exact same content. So just by nature of it being video, you're going to get more out of it. So um, with now talking, going back to the content in terms of making the content interesting. So there are all sorts of little tricks that you can use to make content slightly more interesting. I think storytelling and answering questions are the big ones. And also putting that tag on the end of asking for input because then you get user contributed content coming in 
where it's not just you, but it's other people who are participating in that content. And that adds to your content, which boosts your own marketing. But there are other things like today, so I'm launching my own podcast right now, and we're trying to get people to share this podcast. And so we're doing a little contest. So we said, hey, we're going to give away a $50 Amazon gift card if you leave a review on iTunes for us. And this way we can get more people leaving reviews. We can get that spread out. Now, giving away a gift card doesn't necessarily make our business more interesting, but it does make our content go further. It makes it spread further. So um, again, that doesn't go back really to the point of making the business interesting, but it does make your marketing more successful that way because people are interested in getting free stuff or they're interested in winning contests. Um, let's see. I've got to come up with some new ideas here. I know you're fine. You know, one of the things that I've been playing with, and I did this with my recent trip to Tokyo, was um, 360 video and, and pictures as a fun new way to make content. And it got me thinking, like, how could boring businesses use video in, like, a new way? I, I see so many content creators who are making so much great content. And there's such a mix of, like, clean, polished, you know, with fancy cameras and fantastic audio all over the place. But then there's also, you know, people who have smaller budgets and maybe only have their phone to use and they're doing just like shaky cam live videos. When it comes to video, what do you think are the things that people have to do with their videos to make sure that their content is getting seen and, and isn't boring? So, uh, number one, keep it pretty short because, not because, I don't, we talk about millennials these days and how they have short attention spans and I don't think this is the case at all. I don't think people have shorter attention spans today than they once did. What they have is they have less patience for bad content. So, 50 years ago, when we turned on the TV, we had five channels, you had to stand up to go change the channel. And when a commercial came on, you didn't really have anything else to do. Today, when a commercial comes on, what do we do? We pick up our phone and we look at our phone immediately, if we even see the commercials because we're probably skipping them anyway. But if a commercial comes on and we are stuck there in our chair and we left the remote somewhere, we'll just pick up our phone and look at our phone during the commercials. So we have all these other options for content and we have a very short attention span or a very short patient span for content that we don't want to watch. And so it's the same with video, that shorter videos, it's not that the video being short works better, it's that when we make the video short, we make better content. So you see this with Twitter, that Twitter had the 140 character limitation, now it's 280, they just doubled it. But that's still a short amount of text that you can type within, and it forced people to get really good with their tweets and with their content because they had to cram everything they wanted to say into this very short space. If you set that same type of constraint on yourself and say, I'm going to make videos, but I'm going to keep them one minute long or two minutes long, which is very short when you start recording, you'll make better content. If you say, well, I'm just going to talk, then you're going to ramble on for 10 minutes and your content's going to be poor and it's not going to be that interesting. So put an artificial constraint on yourself when it comes to video and say, I am only going to make one minute videos. I am only going to make two minute videos 
because it will just force you to make sure that that content is better, higher quality, more interesting as you get your point across. So uh, one other yeah. thing. Real quick, is that, sorry, yeah. is that with like pre-recorded content, like where you're editing it, like you have like the setup, like, like you and I, we have like a studio space because I do know that people say that live video performs better the longer it is. Like I know some people who have YouTube or not YouTube, um, Facebook live shows and they won't start them for five to 10 minutes because they're waiting right. for people to join into the show. Yeah. So this is specific to pre-recorded content or if you're doing Facebook live, but it's going to be something where it's mostly you talking. It's not so much of a webinar or question and answer session, but just you talking for two minutes and then you leave it as recorded content. If it's going to be recorded content that people watch later, then generally I would say you're going to be shorter. And if you do shorter, you're going to be higher quality. Now, if it's a question and answer session where you're doing Facebook Live and you're taking questions, you're answering those, then yeah, I mean, those go for an hour, two hours long. And it ends, you want to get as many people in there as possible. You want people asking questions and those, it's a different format. So those go a little bit longer. Awesome. So... One of the things that you do with your businesses is you help people with getting featured in the major publications or news, and you use the major publications yourself to position yourself as an expert. What is it that our everyday boring businesses can do to tap into something like that? So one of the examples I gave in my entrepreneur article was this company called LucidChart. LucidChart makes spreadsheets, or not spreadsheets, sorry, uh, flowcharts. And flowcharts are not super exciting, right? I mean, it's a bunch of boxes and circles and triangles and lines going between them, showing how stuff works. They might be useful, but most people wouldn't say that flowcharts are super interesting. So the way that Lucid made their chart software interesting is they partnered up with other organizations or they rode the coattails of other things that were interesting, like Star Wars. Everybody loves Star Wars, right? Star Wars is exciting. Well, what if there were a flowchart about something to do with Star Wars? Well, now that's interesting, right? Because people love Star Wars. And if you say, hey, we've got this flowchart that shows this character development or uh, the path of Luke's lightsaber or whatever over the years and who had it, you know, if you do that kind of flowchart, now suddenly this flowchart's interesting. And so Lucidchart has made all sorts of flowcharts related to things that are very hot and very popular. And then they put these flowcharts out there and this gets put, picked up by news organizations because the news organizations say, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, nobody else has ever made a flowchart about Star Wars. That's really unique. So that's one way that a company with a boring product, flowcharts, made it interesting was by partnering with something that's inter interesting. Uninteresting? Interesting. Anyway, I think <laughs> I got that straight. So... So if your business is boring, you can say, well, how can I relate this or how can I attach this to something that is popular? So if I'm an accountant, I might say, you know what, I'm going to do a blog post about the accounting behind the Death Star or something. You know, I'm going to write up like a P&L report for the Death Star or something as just kind of a gag. But that's the type of thing that could get a lot of attention. Now, Star Wars is coming out soon or the next Star Wars movie is coming out soon. So this is the, so this, <laughs> yes. So this is the type of thing that you could do right now and it would be timely 
And this could actually get picked up. And a lot of people are already doing this. I mean, if you go out there, there are all sorts of businesses that are creating content related to Star Wars because they know that there are people out there searching for it right now. But chances are, if you're an accountant or a law firm or something, then there probably aren't a lot of people, competitors of yours, who are creating content related to Star Wars. And this is a way that you can have some fun, but you can also get some great attention out of it. And you can just make a list of everything. I mean, people piggyback off of the Kardashians, off of Star Wars, off of stuff going on with NFL, off of Trump, uh, of course. Um, and so anything that's controversial or in the news or popular, just look at that and say, how can I relate what I'm doing in my business to this thing and create some unique, fun content around that? I think that it's important to also add like the caveat to that, which is like you want to make sure that it's like on brand still. You don't want to try and force your brand and to fit into everything that's popular because that can get uh, obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, but you I, have to I, be but, wise with this stuff, right? Yeah, very much. Just be selective about what makes your things make sense for your brand and also for your audience. You know, I think that the flow charts for Star Wars is a great idea. In fact, for I have a December marketing ideas video. I talk about how Last Jedi is coming out and how I'm more excited for that than Christmas. So uh, it's really important to make sure that if you are a fan, first and foremost, that it's something that makes sense for your brand too find a way to tie your business to it in some way and that that's relevant. And then also on the story side of it, by attaching to something that you're into, if you have personal stories about what things like Star Wars and stuff mean to you, definitely share those. Mm -hmm. I think everyone yeah. has the Star Wars story. If they don't, something's really wrong with them. <laughs> yes, we all do. I do. I have stories about my mom and Star Wars. I've got all sorts of stories. I do too. You know, the, funny, the funny thing is we just watched, I didn't see uh, the, the latest Star Wars movie. Oh, shoot. What's the latest one that did come out? I mean, that's already out. Episode seven. Yeah, episode yeah. seven. I didn't, I didn't see that when it came out in the theater. So I just watched it with my wife the other day and she's like, well, wait a second. What happened right before this? I'm like, well, yeah, Return of the Jedi. Well, you've seen that, of course, right? She's like, I don't think I've ever seen that. I'm like, wait a second. We've been married for like 19 years and I didn't know that you hadn't seen Return of the Jedi. Like, man. She like, wouldn't have made it to, your... the, she wouldn't have made how... to the altar if she hadn't, right? <laughs> if you I'm, had like, known. I'm like, I thought I knew you. And yet, how, <laughs> how, can they, how could we have been married this long and I didn't know that you hadn't seen that? Wow. That's fun. Well, it sounds like you guys probably had a really fun marathon night. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we actually watched a bunch of those uh, Star Wars in five minutes videos to catch up real quick because we already had it rented. We were going to watch the episode seven. I was like, well, we can't go back and watch the other one right now. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> been there, been we'll there. Have to fill, we'll have to fill in that gap in our education. Yeah, definitely. Do that pronto, especially before the new movie comes out. But anyway, see, this is what we're talking about, guys. Stuff that makes sense for your brand and talking about it, sharing your stories. So... Like I said, everyone's got a Star Wars story. Get on it, guys. So, well, Josh, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people connect with you? I'm online at joshsteimle.com. That's S-T-E-I-M-L-E.com. And from there, you, all my social media links, everything else is there. Awesome. Make it nice and easy. And didn't you have a special promo for our listeners? 
Yeah, so I help people get into publications as writers, like Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, stuff like that. I teach people how to become contributors to these publications. That's how I grew my business, and it's a great way to grow your business. And so I've launched an online course and masterclass. And so if you go to uh, influencerinc.co, then you can find our course there. And if you apply for our course and just mention that you heard about it on this show, then we'll give you a 20% discount on the course there. Awesome. Thanks for doing that, Josh. All right, guys. Well, thanks. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you got a lot of fun uh, tips, tricks, facts, things that you can do to apply to your morning business to make it more interesting and stand out in that newsfeed. Once again, Josh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Desiree. Until next time, guys. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Marketing for Your Boring Business. If you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or share this episode on social media. Want more? Subscribe to automatically get the latest episodes of Marketing for Your Boring Business. This podcast is presented by All-in-One Social Media. All the social media your business needs starting at $125 a month.